somebody that knows he's good ought to take about 60 seconds and give him a good praise tonight. I declare that he's better than good tonight. I declare that he is high and lifted up and his train fills the temple. Somebody open up your mouth and give God a shout of praise in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the building tonight with a testimony that God's already been good to you this week? I just need about a hundred radical people in the building uh, that said if God doesn't do another thing for me, uh, I've already got enough reason to give him praise. Uh, If he never answers another prayer, uh, if he never opens another door, uh, if God never does anything else, uh, he's already been too good to me. Uh, Ah, somebody put your hands together one more time. And give him your best praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. He's been too good to me for me to just sit here tonight. He's been too good to me for me to just come into the house with my hands open saying, What are you going to give me, God? I'm entering into his gates uh, with praise. Uh, I'm coming into his courts uh, with thanksgiving. Uh, Come on, I got, I didn't come empty handed tonight. Uh, I didn't show up looking for a handout tonight. Uh, I didn't come waiting on somebody else uh, to pray the glory down. Uh, I didn't come waiting for somebody else uh, to worship him uh, until there's a breakthrough. Uh, Baby, you can sit there if you want to. But I've got to get what God has for me tonight. I came to put my hands on every promise. I came to put my hands on every blessing. Oh, somebody give him a praise in this place. You excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Poke about three people on your way to your seat. Tell them you ought to give God a smile tonight. Remind somebody the joy of the Lord is your strength. God's been too good to you for you to be frowning tonight. Come on, somebody. I said God's been too good to you uh, for you to sit there with your face hanging down uh, and your feet dragging the ground. Uh, I don't care what you've been through. Uh, I don't care what you're going through. Uh, I don't care what happened to you. Uh, I don't care what somebody said about you. Uh, I don't care how heavy the weight is. Uh, Your God is still a good God. Uh, He's still a miracle worker. Uh, He's still a powerful God and he's still worthy of all of your praise. Whoa! My, 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 my. I declare unto you 
that anybody can praise God when everything's going good. Anybody can have a smile on their face uh, when everything's going the way you want it to go. Uh, but your real blessing comes uh, when all hell is coming against you uh, and the weight of the world is on your shoulders uh, and you got sickness in your body uh, and there's more months than there is money. Uh, but yet you come uh, into the house of God uh, like Job said. Uh, the Yet will I trust him? I trust you, God. I trust you concerning my career. I trust you concerning my family. I trust you concerning my anointing. I trust you with my future. And I trust you with my right now. Somebody ought to take 30 seconds uh, and just praise him uh, and let God know. Uh, he's still in control. I feel like serving notice on the devil tonight. Uh, you tried to mess me up. Uh, you tried to turn me around. Uh, you tried to discourage me. Uh, but devil, uh, I'm... Uh, still giving God the praise. I've still got joy in my spirit. I've still got it. Come on, I dare you to take a moment right now and give him and I'm still here praise. Yes. in the house of the Lord tonight. We prayed on Sunday night uh, and he just told me, Pastor, uh, I'm feeling better today. Uh, I took some tests uh, and I'm believing God for a good report. Uh, I think somebody ought to give him uh, a shout of praise tonight. Uh, yeah! Hallelujah! Uh, go ahead! Be blessed. Go ahead and praise it. Yes. Yes. Somebody shout one more time. I know it's Tuesday night. You're supposed to chill out. I know it's Tuesday night. You're supposed to be tired. I know it's Tuesday night. You ain't supposed to get excited. But somebody that walked into this place with faith in your spirit. Yeah. 
give him praise. You were supposed to be seated five minutes ago. You're supposed to be sitting down. I don't know what you're doing standing up all over the building. I don't know why I feel like telling somebody uh, there's people right now that wish uh, they have the use of their limbs to give God the praise. Uh, there's people right now that wish uh, they could be in the house of the Lord. Uh, baby, you better take advantage uh, of the opportunity tonight uh, that you're in the house uh, of the living God uh, and you're in the midst uh, of God's people tonight uh, and anything uh, supposed to be having Bible study tonight but there, there ain't no telling what could happen before we leave the building in this place glory 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 hallelujah amen tell about eight people on the way to your seat I got the victory tonight <laughs> I got the victory tonight in Jesus name hmm Tell somebody, if you don't want victory, don't sit next to me because I'm contagious. I'm a carrier. I'm a spreader of victory. I'm walking from faith to faith and from glory to glory. If you don't want a breakthrough tonight, you might... Woo! You can be seated tonight. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I feel something special in the building tonight. I feel something special in the building. Well, you might as well go ahead for a few more moments. You might as well go ahead for a few more moments.
Woo! Hallelujah. 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 Shout hallelujah, Sister Glenn. A hallelujah. Shout hallelujah, Sister Tabitha. Shout hallelujah, pastors for love. Hallelujah. Anybody else got a hallelujah in the building tonight? Yeah. I want every devil in hell to hear the sound of victory tonight. I want every devil of discouragement uh, to hear the sound uh, of dominion uh, and power uh, and favor uh, and blessing uh, and revival. Woo! Y'all better grab your Bibles or we ain't ever going to make it to the Word tonight. Y'all better grab your Bibles. We ain't going to make it. my god i'm trying to move forward but there's a level of expectancy in the building right now uh, i believe somebody's almost at the hem of his garment uh, i believe somebody's pressed their way through uh, all of the resistance in the crowd uh, and the opposition uh, and you almost got a hold uh, on the hem of his Woo! 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rabo shanda da 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 bo shaya. Rebayanda la bo kosata ya la bahashanda ya. Rebayanda bo shata ya la bo kosaya. Robo shanda ya la bakata ya la bakata ya. You're praying right here, but God's moving over there on your behalf right now. Who am I talking to? You're praying right here in the sanctuary, but God's doing a work somewhere else for you right now. Right now. Right now he's moving at your house. Right now he's moving at your job. Right now he's moving... Hallelujah! 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 Come on, somebody, go ahead, just a few more moments. I need a few men right here to pray. I need a few men right there. Come on. Come on, just a few more moments. Somebody touch the throne of heaven. Yes, yes, yes. Woo. Everything you need is here right now. God can do more in the next three minutes. God can do more in the next three minutes. Woo, go ahead, go ahead, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Robo come on, come on, come on. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost 
children. Uh, devil, you can't have my family. Uh,
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want us to begin to give God the praise for what he's done already in this house tonight. Come on, I want us to begin to give God the praise for whatever he's done already in this place tonight. Come on, let's thank him for making a way tonight. Yes. Yes. Come on, let's thank him for hearing us tonight. Come on, let's thank him for hearing us tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many of you thank God for the moving of the Holy Ghost that we feel in this building tonight? Amen. So many times when the Holy Ghost moves like it has tonight, there is a, a, a lingering level of God's presence that we just uh, surrender to and submit to. But I feel an urgency of God pushing me to move on with the service tonight. Amen. I feel like God wants to just, this was just a setup to receive his word tonight. Amen. How many of you thank God that we, we're in a church that believes in the moving of the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. You can be seated for just a couple of moments. I believe one of the reasons that we feel what we feel in this building tonight is because of so many people's commitment to prayer and fasting in this building over the past week or so. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to continue your commitment to being at the house of the Lord every, every day. Just make time to come to the house of God and pray for a little while. It, it may not be at 5 in the morning. It may be at, at, at 2 in the afternoon. But whatever time you can come, come and spend some time right here in the house of God. This is why it's important, part of why it's important to pray in the sanctuary. Amen. I, I believe in prayer closets. I believe in praying at home. You should be doing all of that. But none of it takes the place of coming to the house of God to prayer. Come on. God said, my house. Somebody say, my house. Say, this house shall be called a house of prayer. Prayer should define the sanctuary. Amen. So I want to thank everybody who, is, who, is, who has made those commitments and you are walking with Jesus every day. I also want to say thank you to so many of you men who are, who are getting a revelation of taking dominion in pre-service prayer. I thank God for you men who are getting up under the burden of the Holy Ghost as we prepare for these church services. How many of you understand you're leading God's people into spiritual warfare? You're leading God's people into promises. And we're not putting that on the shoulders of the women. I just need all the men to get behind me right now. I said we're not putting all of that on the shoulders of the women uh, or the children or the young people. Uh, come on, but we've got, a, we've got a mandate from God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm excited about what God is doing. How many of you realize in the past nine days 
We have had 14 people baptized in Jesus' name. Close to 20 people received the Holy Ghost in the past nine days. I think we ought to give God a praise for that tonight. Amen. Amen. And uh, I, want to, I want to pick up tonight back in our holiness series. I'm excited about the word of the Lord tonight. Now, if you're, if you're worried about the time, it is only 821. It is only 821. We got an hour and almost 10 minutes before we've even been in church two hours. We can get a lot, lot done in the next 30 minutes or, or hour. Amen, somebody? How many of you understand that, that our lives are built on the foundation of God's word? I love to shout. I love to run. I love to dance. We can't live without the worship of God. But we've got to stand on the word of God. Amen, somebody. It's got to be spirit and truth. They're not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. It's spirit and truth. Amen. Amen. So I want you to stand with me. We're going to read one uh, verse of scripture to as a takeoff point tonight. And uh, while you're turning to 1 Peter chapter 1, let me encourage you tonight that if you have not been here uh, for the previous holiness lessons, I implore you to go back and get caught up. We are only, I think this is the fourth lesson in I think we did part one in, in, in two lessons, and then we did uh, a third lesson and, and, uh, or something of that nature. You'll find it, but just go on to our YouTube channel, and you will find a playlist there with the beginning lessons. I want you to be right in step and in sync with what God is doing in this house. Amen? And so our, uh, our last lesson, I taught on holiness the inner man and we did part one of that lesson and tonight we're going to pick up and prayerfully we can finish this lesson tonight with part two of the inner man amen somebody first peter chapter one verse number 16 is where i want to invite you to read the word of the lord with me one simple statement from the word of god tonight because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. To be defines who you are, your identity, your existence, the essence of who you are. And our God declared, be ye holy. Holy. Why? Because I am holy. Amen. Put your Bibles down and clap your hands one more time. If you thank God for his word, let's give him a praise. Amen. You may be seated tonight. We have been studying holiness with the revelation and understanding 
that when the Bible gives the commandment to be ye holy, he is not just addressing one part of who we are. We are not just comprised of this fleshly body that you see here tonight, but we are a three-part being. We are body, soul, and spirit. And so the command to be holy addresses us as a complete person. Not just my body holy, but my spirit holy. Not just my spirit holy, but my soul has to be holy. And the word be is a powerful word because book of Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 says this, for as a man thinketh in his heart, or for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. In other words, your identity does not begin with what you look like. It does not begin with the outward man, but rather your identity begins with the inward man. If you are going to become, if you are going to change your identity from who you were to who God wants you to be, it does not start just by changing your appearance, but it starts with the inside man. The word declares, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What happens on the inside man will dictate what comes out on the outside man. What enters into your thoughts and into your spirit, whatever changes take place on the inside will eventually show up on the outside. You cannot separate your thoughts from who you are. As a matter of fact, your inside man is almost more of an indicator of who you are because you can easily fool somebody on the outside. I can dress up like an astronaut, but that doesn't make me one. I can put a stethoscope around my neck, but that doesn't make me a doctor. I can put camouflage clothing on and boots and, and, and the proper hat, but that doesn't make me a, a soldier. If I'm going to have real identity, it has to be authenticated from the inside man. Follow me tonight. Your thoughts become actions and actions become behavior and your behavior is what drives your identity and so if we have the understanding and revelation that our inner man, our thought man, is the origin of who we become, then it behooves us to understand the importance of protecting the inner man. It behooves us to have a great revelation that we should be wise stewards, uh, uh, not stewards, but stewards of the inner man. And so it is with 
these principles in our mind that, that we proceed tonight. The book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 says it like this. Keep thy heart with all diligence. To keep indicates that you can also lose something. Keep your heart. Guard your inner man. Take care that something does not subdue your inner man. And don't just guard your inner man, but guard your heart above everything else. However good you take care of that body of yours, you ought to take double care of the inner man. If you've got enough sense uh, to jump in a shower at least once a day uh, to wash the dirt off your body uh, and clip your fingernails, uh, and for men you get a nice haircut, uh, and you ladies make sure uh, you take all that stuff that you do uh, and buy those outfits to dress it up uh, and make sure you're eating food uh, and drinking that water. Uh, whatever care you are taking uh, and whatever revelation you have about the outside man, uh, Keep your heart even above that. Am I preaching too simple for some of us tonight? You've got to make it a priority to be aware I've got an inner man that's more important than the outer man. I've got an inner man that I've got to maintain, that I've got to protect, that I've got to take care of. Why? Because for out of it are the issues of life. From your inner man proceeds the rest of your existence. One transliteration says it like this. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. And so this is where we were in our last lesson, talking about the importance of the inner man and the understanding that we must be wise stewards of our inner man. You will remember that we concluded our last lesson in the book of Romans chapter 1. The apostle Paul begins to list for us a list of things that that God despises. In, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 28 it says, And even as they did not like to retain God, where? The inner man. In their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That word reprobate literally just means to be void of judgment. To not have the ability anymore to even tell what is right and what is wrong. To mess up the scale so bad that you genuinely cannot distinguish the difference between light and darkness. See, we live in a world that, that, that wants, to, wants to propagate a false ideology. Don't judge. Oh, it's going to get quiet in here. Don't judge. Don't judge. 
Well, if, let me ask you a question. If you went out in the parking lot tonight and some guy walked up to you with raggedy clothes and no shoes on and alcohol on his breath, staggering, and said, let me, let me borrow your car. I want you to raise your hand if you would give him the keys and let him borrow your car. Not a single one of y'all. Why not? Hello? You're making some judgments. You are analyzing some information that tells you there is a good chance that this man, number one, is inebriated and would be a danger behind the wheel of a, of a car. I don't have to do an interview. I simply smell the alcohol on his breath. I also do not know this individual enough to trust them with my vehicle. All of these things, but we went around saying, see what happens is we confuse judgment with condemnation. The Bible does not tell us not to judge. The Bible just tells us that the way we judge is the way we're going to be judged. And so you have to judge, the Bible says, righteously. My judgment isn't just based on, on, on personal proclivities and things of that. My judgment is righteous judgment. If you try to tear up judgment in people's life, they will end up a reprobate when they can no longer distinguish between what's right and what's wrong. I'm sorry, I'm going to teach my children. Uh, I am going to say, do you see that? Uh, that's wrong behavior. Uh, I'm going to teach them to judge between right and wrong. Uh, I'm not going to do what the world wants to do to them uh, and destroy uh, their ability to judge what is right and wrong. Uh, no, sir, ma'am, uh, that is not the way we talk uh, because that is not pleasing to God. That is wrong, uh, and this uh, is uh, right. We've got to judge righteously. Now, I don't condemn somebody because they're an alcoholic. And maybe they're not fit to drive my vehicle or borrow it after church tonight. I may have to make judgments, but I will not condemn them. Because I've got a message of hope that you don't have to stay where you're at that you don't have to stay in sin, that you don't have to stay in trouble, that you don't have to believe the lies that the devil wants to tell you concerning yourself and the situation that you're in. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. He gave them over to a mind that could no longer judge. To do those things which are not convenient. And he goes into a list. Being filled with all unrighteousness. Listen to this list. Fornication. Wickedness. Covetousness. Maliciousness. Full of envy. Murder. Debate. Deceit. Malignity. Whisperers. Backbiters. Haters of God. Despiteful. Proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents. I thought the parents would at least say amen. Without understanding, 
covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, means they can't be soothed or appeased, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. This is the wrath of God. First it is the judgment of God, then it is the wrath of God. But this next part is where I want to key in, and and I'm just reviewing where we ended last week. They which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. God said, not only am I going to judge the perpetrators, but if you take any of these things as a form of entertainment, you're going to face the same judgment as the one committing the sin. I'm not just going to judge the murderer. I'm going to judge those that take uh, have entertainment with murder and judge them the same way I do the murder. It's going to get quiet up in here. That's why we don't play first-person shooter video games as a form of entertainment uh, where we murder people on a screen as a way to entertain. Come on, am I in the right church? Uh, Why? Because I'm not taking pleasure in the things uh, that God hates. I don't take pleasure in murder. Uh, I can't get no help up in the building. Uh, I'm not going to take pleasure uh, in in unrighteousness and envy uh, and all of these things that are displeasing to God. And then if you remove the parenthetical separation between chapter 1 and 2, chapter 2 opens up and says, Therefore, because this is how God feels about it, thou art inexcusable, O man, whoever thou art that judgest. Now before you misread this, put it in the whole context. He's not... He's not uh, he is not coming against a man for being for judging. You got to finish reading. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Why? For thou that judgest doest the same things. It's not that he has a problem with the judgment. He has a problem with those that make the judgment while they are doing the same thing that they are judging against. Preaching against sin and yet are entertained by it. You cannot preach people out of the same sin that makes you happy on Friday night in front of a screen. You can't preach people out of dilemmas uh, that you turn around and use uh, as a form of entertainment. You can't deliver people out of, out of demonic bondage uh, that you are sleeping with. I don't have time to go through all of this tonight. But this is where we ended our last lesson. Understanding that what we use to entertain ourselves, what we allow to enter our thoughts and our minds affects the inner man. And God looks at it the same way that he does the perpetrators of sin. And so the scriptures 
are full of examples regarding these principles dealing with the thought life being directly connected to who you are. As a man thinketh. You can't fill your mind full of adultery and not be an adulterer. You can't fill your mind full of fornication and not be a fornicator. You have to protect the inner man. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 through 9 says this. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, listen, shall keep your hearts and minds. Now, we just read a verse that told us to keep our hearts Above all things, this scripture says that the peace of God will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How does that happen? How do we keep our hearts and our minds so that we can be holy? You can't have unholy thoughts and be holy. You can't fill your mind and your heart and your spirit full of unrighteousness and yet be a righteous person. Oh, you might be able to live like a hypocrite and put on a good show on the outside, but if it's on the inside, you might fool everybody else, but you're not going to fool God. I don't care if you've got a three-piece suit, a a tie with a matching pocket square. I don't care if you've got the baddest dress that you could find online that goes all the way to your ankles. If you've got sin on the inside, you, oh, come on, somebody. You're just living a life of hypocrisy. And so here is how we keep our hearts and minds. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, my wife qualifies. Because isn't she love? Never mind. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. God gives us a mandate 
to regulate our thoughts. How are you going to keep your heart by regulating your thoughts? Are you with me tonight? This is simple. How do you keep your heart? You keep your mind. You regulate your thoughts. You don't allow yourself to just think anything. You don't allow your mind to just entertain whatever thoughts that it wants to entertain. Because whatever you think will eventually affect who you become. I can't think of things that will distort who I am becoming. I cannot entertain thoughts that are contradicting what God wants me to become. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody that your destiny is wrapped up in your ability to regulate the way you think. You can come out of bondage by learning how to let the Holy Ghost regulate your thoughts. You can come out of addiction uh, by allowing the Holy Ghost uh, to regulate your th- I just need a church in the building. Uh, you can fix your marriage uh, by allowing the Holy Ghost uh, to get a hold of your thinking. Uh, you can come out uh, of pornography uh, and addictions uh, by allowing the Holy Ghost uh, to regulate. I'm uh, preaching to somebody in the building. Uh, uh, you can come out uh, of generational dysfunction uh, by regulating your thoughts and letting the Holy Ghost change the way that you think. It is at the core of becoming to be holy starts with holiness of mind and thoughts. Purity on the inside man. And so God gives us a filter If it's true, honest, just, pure, lovely, a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, if it doesn't fit those things, then you've got to learn how to cast down imaginations. You've got to learn how to take thoughts into captivity. Come on, I'm giving somebody a key. You're going to have to learn how to look at that inner man and say those thoughts are no longer allowed to run wild in my mind. I'm not entertaining that kind of thinking any longer because it is counter to the person that God has called me to be. you got to open up a cage and go on a hunt for thoughts that are destroying your soul and destroying your future and destroying your ability uh, to be who God wants you to be. That's an unholy thought. I'm going to bring it into captivity. I'm going to put it beneath the blood. I'm going to get on my knees. I don't care if you're at work. You might have to tell your boss I'm going to the restroom. And you might have to get on your knees for three minutes in a stall and say, Dear God, I need your help right now. I promise you, if you'll call on his name, he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. you got to declare war against the thoughts in your mind. When fear grips your heart and you want to run, 
you got to grab yourself by the back of your neck uh, and drag yourself uh, into a room and say, I will not uh, entertain these thoughts of fear. Uh, perfect love. you got to break out the word of God. Uh, perfect love uh, casteth out all fear. Uh, and we have not received uh, a spirit of fear, uh, but of power uh, and of love uh, and of a sound um, You have to regulate your thoughts. You can fix your thinking. And you're not going to do it just in the arm of the flesh. That's why you've got to pray in the Holy Ghost. My God. Because it, it is the Holy Ghost that transforms you. Come on, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, you can't do it by the power of positive thinking. Uh, you can't do it just by coming up uh, with some little mantra and chant. Uh, no, 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 no. There's only one way to do it. Uh, you got to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Uh, because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, uh, it bypasses the outward man. It bypasses uh, the, 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 the surface level of your thoughts. Uh, and the Holy Ghost goes to work uh, on the inside of of your uh, spirit God uh, I don't want these thoughts anymore uh, I don't want to have these desires in the name uh, of Jesus uh, you learn how to pray uh, in the Holy Ghost uh, until the Holy Ghost takes over your mind uh, and begins to regulate uh, your thoughts uh, and the flow of your heart Think on these things. You've got to keep it. It's nobody else's responsibility. You've got to keep your mind. You've got to keep your heart. Holiness is not your husband's responsibility. Holiness is not your wife's responsibility. Holiness is not your mom and dad's responsibility. I grew up in a house where nobody was living for God and they were watching Hollywood movies and there was alcohol and all kind of mess going on. But I promise you one thing, that the God that was with me was greater than the situation that I was in. And there is a God that will help you take control. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter if you're all by yourself, uh, the Holy Ghost uh, will give you the power uh, to regulate uh, your thoughts and your mind. And so if we are going to sanctify ourselves, if we are going to be set apart, specifically to be used by God, and if we are going to be transformed from what we used to be into what God wants us to be, then who we are begins in our hearts and our minds. You can never be what your mind is not. What made the prodigal the prodigal? His thinking. His thought changed before he ever left the house. 
He didn't leave the house and then become the prodigal. His thoughts ran away from him, which eventually changed the definition of who he was. And if you're going to break free, the same thing has to happen. He finally got sick and tired of being in bondage. And what did he do? He started talking to himself. He started changing the way he thought. Before, he thought everybody outside of Father's house had it better than him. That's why he left. But now he said, even the servants in my Father's house have it better than I do. He starts changing his thought process. And when you change how you think, uh, you start changing how you talk. Uh, he starts saying the right words. Uh, and his thoughts begin to influence his speech. Uh, I will uh, arise uh, and go uh, to Father. He thought it uh, before he ever did it. Uh, I will arise uh, and I will go to Father's house. Uh, and he started thinking about repentance. Uh, he started thinking about getting right with Father. Uh, he started regulating his mind. Uh, I'm not going to embrace sin. Uh, I'm going to embrace Father's house. Uh, he was still uh, in the pig pen uh, but he was having the right thoughts uh, and if you can regulate your thoughts, uh, your behavior will begin to change. Uh, it wasn't long uh, before it went from his thoughts uh, and he stood up out of the pig pen uh, and he started putting one foot uh, in front of the other. Uh, his thoughts uh, became action uh, and his action uh, turned into his destiny. Uh, until he marched right back uh, into the Father's house. It starts in your mind and your thinking. He started out by saying, Father, give me the goods. But when he walked back in, he said, Father, make me. There was a change in his thoughts. It changed his destiny in his future holiness starts on the inside and it moves to the outside <laughs> they used to sing an old song when I was a little kid Jesus on the inside working on the outside these babies don't know what I'm talking about Oh, what a change in my life. Anybody remember that? Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Jesus on the inside, working on the, they had a revelation, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. You remember that, Brother JJ? Oh, what a change in my life. I wonder if anybody's got that testimony in the building tonight uh, that it's Jesus uh, on the inside, uh, working on the outside. Uh, holiness started uh, because he changed the way I was thinking. Uh, holiness started uh, because he started working uh, on the inside man. Uh, and when God changed the inside, it showed up on the outside. When my head and my heart got right with God, then my behavior followed. 
started singing songs like, empty me of anything. It's not like you. What is that? That's a song of holiness. Not like you. But don't just empty me, God. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your power. I don't want to be empty, God. I want to be full of you. And when you get a revelation uh, that the inward inner man uh, has to be emptied uh, of iniquity and has to be emptied, uh, if you can get Jesus uh, on the inside, uh, he'll start working uh, on the outside of your life. uh, And you can change uh, from being a sinner uh, into a saint. Uh, You can change from being a drug addict uh, to a preacher of the gospel. Uh, You can change uh, from being uh, a depressed person to somebody that's a soul winner. And here's what John chapter 1 verse 12 says. To as many as have received him, to them gave he power to become. We know what that power is. It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Can I just preach for a moment right here? Uh, He didn't give you the Holy Ghost uh, just to feel chill bumps up and down your spine. He did not give you the Holy Ghost uh, just to come and speak in tongues on Sunday. Uh, He did not give you the Holy Ghost uh, just to get happy uh, and dance when they play uh, a good song. Uh, But he gave you the Holy Ghost uh, so that you could become uh, everything that he called you to be. Uh, He gave you the Holy Ghost uh, so that you could overcome uh, that sin in your life. Uh, He gave you the Holy Ghost uh, so that you could leave uh, your former identity uh, and become uh, everything uh, that God has called you. I want to talk to some new converts in the building. Uh, When you receive the Holy Ghost, uh, you receive more than just a good feeling, uh, but you've got power uh, over your past. Uh, you got power uh, over your pain. Uh, you got power. Uh, oh, I wish I had at least a hundred witnesses in the building. To as many as have received him, to them gave he power to become. You are not powerless. You are not helpless. You are not a captive to the whims and the thoughts of your flesh. The devil is a liar. You are no longer under the curse and bondage of your past failures and sin. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are made new. Be ye holy. I know you weren't holy, but you're going to become holy. I know you weren't holy, but I gave you power to become. I filled you with my power to lift up over the top of your mistakes and your past and your history. Them gave he power to become. 
And so, as we continue to study the subject matter, this is, this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 23. Is this all right tonight? It barely turned 9 o'clock. We haven't even been here two hours tonight. Here's what Jesus says. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Most transliterations render that greed and indulgence. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first, somebody shout first, that which is within the cup and platter. There is process and priority. In other words, it doesn't do you any good to clean up all the outside when the inside isn't cleaned up. I'm going to stop and preach here for a minute. That's why when people come into this church and new converts come into this church, we don't bombard them with trying to make them conform. I know there's going to be some haters on the internet that take what I say out of context. But we do not bombard people. I know churches that when somebody comes in and prays one time in the altar, they set a stopwatch. And they got two weeks to look lily white or else they become rejected by the body. And they're trying to force an outward conformity before there's ever an inward experience. How are they going to be holy uh, without first having the Holy Ghost? <laughs> Clean the inside first. When, you, when, when all you do is worry about the outward appearance of everybody, and that's your primary concern is that everybody looks right. You produce a culture of self-righteousness where people are doing things because you're beating them over the head with standards instead of giving them revelation concerning holiness. I'm going to just preach this tonight. Holiness is not a baseball bat that we beat people over the head with uh, and give them ultimatums uh, that you conform. Uh, or That's not the holiness of the Bible. Uh, the Bible calls holiness uh, beautiful. Uh, it is the beauty uh, of holiness. Uh, preacher, uh, why don't you get your nose in the book uh, and get some revelation uh, about the beauty of holiness. Uh, if you'll preach it uh, in love uh, and preach it like it's beautiful, uh, People want holiness. People want the purity of God. People want what God has for them. And he didn't say to ignore the outside. He just said you have a tendency of just worrying about what you can see. And you're more worried about it looking good than being good. I can't get no help in the building. You're more worried about looking good to everybody else uh, than you are about what's going on on the inside of the vessel. Cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter. Why? 
that the outside of them may be clean also. Somebody shout also. They're not mutually exclusive. You can have both. The way holiness works is from the inside out. If all people are doing is following a bunch of rules that you gave them with no inward experience or revelation or word from God, that's the definition of legalism. But when you have a revelation of God's word and his truth and you got the Holy Ghost working on the inside of you and it begins to change the outside and now you've got a revelation of why women don't wear men's apparel and you've got a revelation of why a woman should cut. It's no longer legalism, but it is actual holiness. Am I in the right church tonight? He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. God wants us to have a revelation that we are a vessel. We're that cup. We're that platter. One writer said, know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, but ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit which belong to God. What's on the outside has to be attached to a principle on the inside. It has to be motivated by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of holiness. It can't be motivated out of fear. It can't just be motivated out of manipulation or peer pressure or guilt. It has to be a transformation of the Holy Ghost dealing with us and a revelation of God's word concerning a holy lifestyle. Amen. And so here's what the Bible says, Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies. He's talking about the outer man. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, this is powerful nomenclature here because to the Hebrew mind, the moment they hear the word sacrifice, their mind goes to the old Testament tabernacle and the order of the tabernacle and they see the blood of bulls and of goats and when you talk about sacrifice they immediately equate it to the death of the sacrifice but here Paul is telling them that you're going to present your bodies 
a sacrifice unto God. It's not going to be a goat. Uh, it's not going to be a sheep. Uh, it's going to be your body. And you're not going to die, but you're going to be a living sacrifice. There's going to be part of you that dies, but it's not going to be the death of your physical body. It's going to be the death of the old man, the old nature. And you're going to present your bodies unto God. Tell your neighbor, i got to present my body unto God. And you're going to present it as a living sacrifice. How do you present it? Holy acceptable unto God. And if you can present your body holy and acceptable unto God, that means you can present your body unholy and unacceptable to God. I'm sorry, I'm going to preach truth in the midst of a church world that is afraid to declare it. You can't just bring God whatever you want to bring him and say he's going to accept me how I am. I'm just going to bring myself how I am. Jesus loves you how you are, but he's not going to accept you how you are. God loves you. He paid the price for you so that you can become what he called you to be. God did not intend for you to stay the way that you showed up. He did not intend for you to stay the way that you came to him. You're going to present yourself holy and acceptable. I don't want to be unacceptable to God. I want to be holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Holiness is just reasonable. It's just, it's not even extra. It's not hard. Oh, I got to do so much uh, to live a God requires so much. Uh, am I doing it good enough? So much for me to live like I'm. Stop it. It's your reasonable service. It's the least you can do uh, for a holy God that robed himself in flesh uh, and died on a cross for you uh, and became sin for sin. Holiness uh, is just your uh, reasonable uh, service unto God. Listen to verse 2 now. And be not conformed to this world. Don't be shaped like them. Don't look like them. Don't sound like them. Don't pattern yourself after the world. This is part of presenting yourself holy. But be ye transformed. This is how I know God wants you to be different than you are. This is how I know that to be acceptable, you got to be ready to change or else there would be no need for transformation. You don't have to transform something that's already acceptable. You don't have to transform something that doesn't. It only needs transformed uh, if it's unacceptable uh, and needs to uh, become acceptable. And the way you become acceptable is don't conform to the world, but what? Be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your inner man. 
How is the outside changed? By changing the inner man. I didn't do that so you would pick them up. I'm sorry. Dumb glasses. They broke him. I'm joking. <laughs> Pass the offering, please. <laughs> Need a new set of glasses. Where were we? <laughs> Be transformed. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. That renewing of your mind, we already read it, happens by the Holy Ghost. When the mind is transformed, your body becomes transformed. When you get your mind acceptable, your body becomes acceptable. It follows the pattern of your thoughts. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. And so, with that revelation concerning the inner man, we understand that there are gateways to the inner man. There are gateways to our thoughts. And if I have to be discriminating about the thoughts, then I have to protect the entryways into my mind. Amen. I have to protect. And you'll find that there's always three ways that mankind is tempted in Scripture. The Bible says that he is tempted through the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And so if you're going to have holiness on the inside, think about this. How many of you have ever detailed your car before? Okay. We got problems. How many of y'all need to detail your car? <laughs> have you ever, I mean, really decided to get your car clean? I mean, you got all the way up under the seats. You was picking M&Ms out with toothpicks. You was scraping McDonald's French fries out with a comb. I mean, that kind of clean. Clean, clean. And then you go pick up sister girl. And she got mud all over her shoes. You're like, uh-uh, not today, girl. <laughs> you better kick them shoes off before you get in the car. <laughs> I did not work this hard to get this clean for you to just mess it all up. Well, how many of you know that's what the inner man is like? When you got to repent and you got to get rid of stuff and you go through the pain of broken addictions and bondage and you then you got to guard the entrance to your heart and say, no, 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 devil. I've come way too far to let my inside man get polluted with all that junk and all that trash and all that. No, 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 no. God's brought me way. I've already been down the road to the hog pen. I know what living dirty looks like. I'm in Father's no, 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 no. Keep that out there. This is where I draw the line. You ain't bringing that stuff into my... 
That's how you have to protect your mind and your thoughts. You've got to have guidelines and boundaries because what changes the mind? Of course, the Holy Ghost. But what affects your mind and causes it to be unholy is information. Did you know when you're looking at that screen right now, you're receiving information? There's an image on that screen that is informing you. Did you know that while you're listening to me preach, you are receiving information? The preaching is information. The reading of God's word is information. What you see is information. It is going into the gateway of your inner man. It is hitting your mind and it is affecting what you are thinking about. Your cognition, what you're, what you're cognitively processing in your mind. And you've got to protect the information because information becomes transformation. What informs you will transform you. And so you've got to be careful uh, that you do not just leave your mind open uh, to any kind of information uh, because the information that you open yourself to uh, causes transformation. It changes your heart. It changes your disposition. And if the information is not pure uh, and it's not holy uh, and it's not just uh, and it's not pure, uh, it will transform you. Oh, I just need a church in the building. If the information you are giving yourself is a lie, you will eventually begin to live a lie. If the information you are allowing in your mind is sinful, it will eventually transform you into a life of sin. And so you've got to protect your mind. We're preaching about holiness and the inner man. Because wherever the inner man goes, the outer man will eventually follow. And so I want to narrow this a little bit tonight, and I'm hurrying. Information is conveyed to you. It is always brought to you. That conveyor belt that convey that system of delivery. You've got to pay attention to the source of information. The information that I'm taking, where is it coming from? What is its identity? What is its purpose? And there is a word that I want to talk about for a few moments that perhaps describes the greatest conveyor of information in our world today. And that is the word media. Now when I say the word media, we get all kind of different pictures going on in our head. Some of you think about CNN and Fox News, the media. Some of you think about Instagram and Facebook, social media. 
Some of you old school think about newspapers. Everybody over 40 and 50 laughed at that one. The media. But the truth is that they all share a common distinguishing identity. Because the word media is just the plural form of the word medium. And it's not exactly the word medium like the size medium. However, the size medium comes from it. It's not small. It's not large. It's in between. It is medium. And a medium is something that is the intermediary between you and something else. A medium is a conveyor of information. It is a conveyor belt that brings information to you. When you read a newspaper, the newspaper is the medium by which information is being extrapolated from the world and brought to your thoughts. When you look at the news, the news is the medium that is bringing information and it is delivering the information to your inner man. Your inner man is your mailbox that's receiving the information. And so it behooves us to have some understanding concerning the word medium because if you do a little bit of research, you will find some interesting things that perhaps lend themselves to a, a powerful context here. Are you with me tonight? Can I go just a little bit long tonight? Are you with me? The word medium is often used to describe or as a proper term for a witch or a palm reader, future teller. What are they? They are an in-between. They, they go in between you and the spirit realm. They go in between and they bring back a connection from the spirit realm to you. You say, oh, Bishop, are those things real? Absolutely they're real. How many of you remember the story of Saul? What happened? Saul had the right source of information. He had a man of God in his life that would tell him the truth. But he rejected truth. And he rejected the voice of his man of God. And so when he did, he replaced one source of information with another. And instead of his man of God delivering truth, it was now a witch that was acting as a medium from him to the spirit realm. And he became reprobate. He could no longer even tell what was real and what was fake. And he goes to the house of the witch of Endor. It's interesting to note that before this happens, the last time the man of God speaks to him, he tells him, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Because when you rebel against God's source of information, you now become subjugated to the devil's source 
of information, witchcraft uh, and manipulation and lies and deception. And he finds himself in the house of the witch of Endor. And what does he say? I want you to go between, bring me the voice of Samuel. And the Bible says there was an apparition that appeared that looked like the man of God, Samuel. Let me just clarify this for anybody who doesn't understand. There are no such things as ghosts. Well, my God, only 10 of you understand that. What is a ghost? A ghost is the returned spirit of a departed one. The Bible says it is appointed man once to die and then the judgment. There is only one man who ever came back from the dead and his ghost appeared to us and it was called the Holy Ghost. It was the only man that ever came back from hell, the death, death in the grave and his spirit appeared back. Those are not ghosts, they are demons. They are demons that are sent to distract and deceive you. And when you cut off the voice of truth in your life, you are relegated to other mediums. Are you with me tonight? And so, it is interesting that we use that word in a wide sense today. Media. Media has all kinds of forms. But media is designed to bring you information. It is a go-between. It brings my thoughts and delivers them to you. It brings my imagination and delivers it to you. It brings evil people's imaginations and delivers it to you. It brings the wickedness in people's hearts and delivers it to you. It brings news from around the world and delivers it to you. And sometimes brings lies from around the world and delivers it to you. And so if you are going to be holy, then you have to guard your thought process concerning media. Concerning the mediums and the information that you know will cause transformation to your thoughts. I can't afford to get information from anywhere. I can't afford just to let any kind of image and thought and idea and imagination come to my mind. Why? Because it will transform me into something that is not godly. It will work at transforming me into something that God hates. These six things doth the Lord hate, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. So much of the world of media is wicked imaginations. I'm going to give you all homework tonight. You got homework between this Tuesday 
and holiness class next Tuesday. Pre-announcing it. Next week we'll pick right back up in holiness series. You're to go home and jump on SoundCloud. Look up the sermon called Wicked Things. And listen to that before next week. Because I don't have time to preach it all tonight. Here's what Romans 1.32 says, and we've already read this, but I want to insert it back right here. And I'm, I'm closer to being done than you think. Matter of fact, music just come and give them some hope tonight. If I got music, it gives me at least another 30 minutes. <laughs> this is important tonight. Amen? Come on. Some of y'all have consumed hours and hours and hours of media this week. It ain't nothing to sit here for just a little bit and get the word of the Lord in your spirit, in your heart. Romans 1.32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I've got to make sure that what I'm placing before my eyes and my mind isn't displeasing to God. Psalm 101, verse 2 and 3, the writer says this, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. God cares how you live your life behind closed doors. Holiness is going to be formed when nobody's looking, when nobody's watching, when you're behind the closed doors of your home. And the writer said, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Listen to what he says. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. He had a revelation. I can't set things before my eyes that are displeasing to God because they will cause me to turn away from God. And they will have a... He said, I will not let them cleave to me because that kind of a thing has a characteristic about you that it wants to grab you. It wants to pull you into itself. It wants to hook you. It wants you to, to sit there mesmerized. It wants you to sit there captivated. It's like the burning bush that Moses experienced. God used human curiosity to capture the attention of mankind. I believe that's what curiosity was created for. An insatiable thing inside of mankind that causes us to want more and more of God. Never satisfied. But the fall of man perverted that curiosity. And so now curiosity is unquenched. And if left up to our fleshly nature, it is never satisfied with carnal things. And David said that, that wicked things have a propensity to cleave unto me. And so I want to talk for a minute about a few things in particular concerning media. 
I want to talk to us about Hollywood tonight. Not just the geographical location, although there is significance. But the term Hollywood, even in today's lingo, defines the entertainment world of our society. Even things that were not geographically produced in the city of Hollywood fall under the category. It has become the phrase, the term by which they are defined. Hollywood. Now let me give you some information that perhaps causes us to think a little bit. You can look this up when you get home. But the Druids were tree worshipers, especially the oak tree. And the holly was their most sacred symbol because it was sacred to Mother Holly or Hel, the Norse goddess of the underworld. And thus we have holly or holly wood. It was the branch or the wood of the holly tree that was the original witch's magic wand or staff which casts the spell or the illusion. Coincidence, maybe? Concerning the origin of the name Hollywood. But this is why we teach people that when you repent of your sins and you're baptized in Jesus' name and God fills you with the Holy Ghost and you begin to live a life of obedience to become holy, this is why we teach people that you ought to get the television out of your home. Amen. Because it is a major source of that information. It is a primary source of the wicked imaginations of the world. It is a primary source of the wickedness that will transform. You cannot sit in front of a television and watch the sickness of the world and let it get on the inside of your vessel and be pleasing to God. I'm just tying this back to what I've been preaching. You cannot be entertained by the wickedness of the world and God not hold you in contempt uh, just like the people committing the sin. You cannot pray on one hand to be delivered from sin and then sit down and be entertained by sin. You've got to get Hollywood out of your life. You've got to get the entertainment system of the world out of your mind and your heart and your life. And it's not just the big 48 by whatever screens. I don't even know how big they make them. Because it's not about the technology. There's a screen setting on this back wall right now that's displaying lyrics to songs. And right now it displays the time that it's 9.35 while you all look at it. <laughs> but when you hook up that thing to that cable coming into the house, it, it, it is a pipeline from hell pumping the wicked imaginations of the world into your home, into your mind, into your child. I'm preaching really good. 
I'm preaching stuff that the church world wants to act like doesn't exist. But my Bible tells me there's going to be many in that day that say we did this in your name and we did that in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. It's not just getting television out of your home. You got to get it out of anything that is a supply line in your life. I don't care if you're watching it on the internet. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you ought to deactivate your Netflix account. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you shouldn't even have a Netflix account. Why? Because you're just you're 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 letting access uh, to the world just be in your home and in your life and your family's life. It could be on your phone. You might have apps on your phone that are supplying the information that is causing transformation. That's causing you to have thoughts that are unholy and think, oh, well, I don't think unholy thoughts while I'm watching that. You sound like Saul right before he went reprobate. When he kept ignoring the voice of the man of God in his life. When he kept pushing back and making excuses to the voice of truth. You've got to get it out of your life. Let me, let me talk about this a little bit further. Because I know families that to some degree say, okay, I, we're not watching Hollywood movies, etc. But I let my kids watch all of this kids content. I'm not saying this mean. I'm, I want to say this in a sincere way, in a literal meaning. Mom and dad, you are being foolish. Because the enemy is specifically targeting and working double time for the minds of our children. And if you think you're vulnerable, your children are a hundred times more vulnerable to what I'm talking about tonight. It's just, it's just innocent animated Disney stuff. Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mom and dad, are you, are you taking the, the future of your children's soul so lightly that you're not in tune with what's going on in society? Let's talk for a minute about Disney. And I don't have time to preach everything tonight. You're going to have to get, let the Holy Ghost work on you. Now, I, I understand we live in Florida. Disney baby. And I'm not preaching against going to Disney World to ride roller coasters and have fun. At times, we've had family tickets. But there's a difference between going to Disney World to ride a roller coaster and have fun and letting the culture of Disney get into your family. And if you can't go to Disney World without it getting into you, then maybe you don't need to go to Disney World. Come on, I'm not telling you you can't go to Disney World to ride roller coasters, but if you can't, 
And before you know it, your kids are begging. They want to watch the movies. They want to watch the shows. They want to see the stuff. Give it to me. Let me just talk for a minute. How many of you, how many of you know that or can remember the famous, I never watched it, but I mean it was everywhere. They, all the drive-throughs at the fast food restaurants, toys, and there was a Disney movie that came out a while back called Frozen. Anybody remember seeing that? Some of y'all afraid to even nod your head right now. Did you know that in the original storyline of Frozen, that Ella, the main character, had dark skin and pointed ears, almost a demonic figure who was wrestling with an inner darkness that she did not want to give way to. But when they wanted to bring it to the masses, they understood that they had to make her more innocuous and less threatening looking. And so they gave her the appearance of a regular human. And they made, even purposely, made her body more curvaceous to appeal to those of an older audience. And in the original story, she had a villainous song called Let It Go. But they had to transform it into something with an attractive melody that would be more appealing so that they could deliver the message. Here's the song that everybody's children ran around singing for months and months, years. And I'm sad to say, lots of apostolic kids. Here's the lyrics, mom and dad, while you were hoping that the Sunday school teacher could make a difference. You were setting them for hours in front of the medium, delivering its information, causing transformation. As they sang the anthem, the snow glows white on the mountain tonight, not a footprint to be seen, a kingdom of isolation, and it looks like I'm the queen. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it in. Heaven knows I've tried. Don't let them in. Don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal. Don't feel. Don't let them know. Teaching your children to live secret lives. Well, now they know. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Teaching your children to rebel. Let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. Let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. Let it go, let it go, let it go. The lyrics go on to say, it's funny how some distance makes everything seem small. 
and the fears that once controlled me can't get to me at all. Teaching your children to isolate themselves. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Let it go. Let it go. I am one with the wind and the sky. Let it go. Let it go. You'll never see me cry. Here I stand and here I stay. Let the storm rage on. My power flurries through the air into the ground. My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around. Almost sounds like a witch's cantation. And one thought crystallizes like an icy blast. I'm never going back. Past is in the past. Let it go. The cold never bothered me anyway. Let it go, let it go. And this line sounds almost like a line from the scripture. Lucifer, the son of the morning. And I'll rise like the break of dawn. Let it go, let it go. That perfect girl is gone. Here I stand in the light of day. Let the storm rage on. This is the message. This is the, the world and the information of the innocent little stuff people are placing their children in front of. Let me read you something I read from a, a recent article. It says, the history of LGBTQ plus representation in film and on TV is a fascinating and sometimes frustrating one. Though it's certainly no secret that Disney has struggled with any kind of explicitly gay representation in its media, the LGBTQ plus landscape isn't as destitute as it once was. The generation of kids that grew up hungrily consuming every single Disney Channel original that came our way has grown up, and let's be frank, a good number are gay. Thankfully, progress has been moving in the mouse house, and it shows. To celebrate Pride 2022, Disney Plus launched a curated pride collection of movies, short films, and series to celebrate pride. The pride collection is housed with all of the other. It's housed with all of the other. It's housed with all of the other Disney Plus collections on the site and will be updated on a regular basis. Our curated list includes many of the selections from the Pride Collection as well as a few of our own choosing. I'm almost done tonight. Diary of a Future President was one of Disney's first original series to have a prominent coming out story. In the show, Bobby begins to question his sexuality when his friends push him to date a popular girl at school. It doesn't take long for Bobby to realize he doesn't like her like that and instead might have feelings for his best friend Liam 
Unsure if Liam feels the same about him, Bobby keeps his feelings hidden from Liam, but tells his mom's work friend, who happens to be a lesbian. In the second season, Bobby comes out to his family and goes on his first date with another boy he has a crush on. Based on the 2013 young adult novel of the same name, the movie or show Better Nate Than Never tells the story of a young Broadway hopeful who has yet to land a lead role in his middle school productions. Tired of being left out, Nate and his best friend road trip to New York City so he can audition for a real-life Broadway musical looking for kid actors. While the word gay is never spoken in Better Nate Than Never, the notion that Nate is gay is relentlessly communicated. He has several conversations with the adults around him who get him to talk about how he's different without pinpointing it on his sexuality. The decision not to outright state Nate's sexuality was the choice of the creator who wanted to tell a story about a young person at the beginning of his sexual journey. The show, when the Owl House, or the Owl House premiered, on Disney Channel in 2020, it became the first ever Disney show or movie to feature a same-sex couple in leading roles. It also made history by becoming the first Disney animated show to feature two same-sex lead characters kissing. Its representation of the LGBTQ community is a core element of the series. The representation comes mainly from the main character, Luz, who has been confirmed as bisexual by the creator and her rival-turned-girlfriend, Amity, who identifies as a lesbian. Amphibia is another beloved and best Disney Channel animated series that features LGBTQ plus characters. Though not in the leading roles, instead, the series features its representation through minor characters like IT Powerhouse, Allie, and Jess. In the series, Allie is confirmed to be pansexual, a sexuality that isn't often talked about in media, especially not on children's shows. While Jess is confirmed to be bisexual and is dating Allie, foremost of the series, Amphibia also features other LGBTQ plus characters in its several seasons. While the MCU has made lots of headway in recent years in regards to diversifying the superhero genre, it struggled in representing the LGBTQ plus community, at least prominently. However, it seems that has started to change now that MCU has created Ted its first ever LGBTQ plus superhero in Eternals. Phaistos is a genius and inventor turned superhero who also happens to be openly gay. Fans not only get to see Phaistos in superhero action, but they also get to see a look inside his personal life where he is dating husband to Ben and father to their son, which is not even real language. Phaistos and Ben even share an on-screen kiss, which is a major win for LGBTQ plus superhero fans. This is what Disney's just pushing to the kids specifically. Artie in the famous show Cruella is an openly gay character 
who interacts with the main character throughout the new movie that focuses on Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. He's a shop owner with a David Bowie and 1970s glam rock aesthetic. Artie is able to be his authentic self and actor John McRae is happy with his portrayal of Artie and believes him to be a gay character. Oaken appears in Frozen for only a few minutes as Kristoff and Anna need to buy supplies before they search for Elsa. Oaken hilariously talks about a big summer blowout and points the two around his shop. He mentions the sauna and says that his family is in there. He says, yoo-hoo, hi family. And the scene cuts to a man and four children waving back to him. The audience can assume that Oaken and the man are in a relationship, and these are their children. Orca and Flix in Star Wars Resistance are two openly gay characters who aren't human and are actually two different species, but are openly in a relationship in the series. There's been other LGBTQ plus representation in the Star Wars universe as well, like writers and actor Donald Glover confirming that Lando in Solo, a Star Wars story, is pansexual. Also, two women, Commander Larma Deacey and Roby Tice, can be seen kissing in Rise of Skywalker for a quick moment. The DuckTales reboot had several lovable characters, including Webby's new-found friend, Violet, who was introduced later in the series. Violet happens to have two dads. There is no such thing, but... Indian Thai Sabring, who are prominently featured in the show, although they don't have much screen time, they're loving parents who care deeply for their daughter and are both wearing I'm with dad shirts. Gravity Falls became the second series, this time on Disney XD, to briefly feature same-sex couple in 2016. Deputy Durland and Sheriff Blubbs are two minor characters from the show who had fans curious about their personal lives. During the show's finale, the suspicions were confirmed as the two embraced with one saying, we're mad with power and love, after Blub saves Durland. Everybody loves a good power couple. In early 2017, Disney XD progressed even more with portrayals of gay love, with the cartoon Star versus the Forces of Evil, and the first showing of same-sex kiss in an episode titled Just Friends. Stars Jackie and Marco attend a concert by the band Love Sentence, and at one point, couples scattered throughout the audience get caught up in the passion of the music and viewers can see that a few of them are same-sex couples. Onward is one of Pixar's most recent feature-length films, and it's about a pair of brothers who are on a quest to restore the life of their deceased father so they can spend one last day with him. One side character is a police officer named Officer Specter, who mentions having a girlfriend. My girlfriend's daughter has got me pulling my hair out. This marks Pixar's first confirmed character in a same-sex relationship. Pixar just released a new short, aptly titled, Out, that focuses on a young man named Greg who has a secret. He's gay, 
and he has a boyfriend named Manuel. He doesn't want his parents to find out, but they might learn the truth when they show up out of the blue to help him pack for his move. Strangely, Greg and his dog, Jim, have a freaky Friday moment and switch places, which makes it even harder to hide a picture of Greg and his boyfriend from his mother. And there are too many to even begin to list that portray prominently themes of witchcraft and sorcery. Portrayal of shows that, that have even made their way into popular games like Pokemon. Can I preach on Pokemon for a moment? Here's just some of the descriptions about Pokemon. To gain the competitive edge, a trainer must use magic potions to heal and strengthen his Pokemon and wear magic badges to control the stronger Pokemon. In addition, the really powerful Pokemon have psychic powers and can throw curses. This bears disturbing similarities to witchcraft in the Nintendo-licensed storyline of the cartoon. Ash, the hero of the series, goes to a tower haunted by dead Pokemon. To detect and identify these Pokemon, Ash, or Ash uses a sylph scope, a real instrument used by paranormal researchers to detect ghosts. While in the tower, Ash is attacked by channelers, which are described as possessed people who use dead Pokemon to attack live Pokemon. In the story, one even chants, give me your soul, give me your soul, over and over. Channelers like the Sylphscope are real. Channelers are people who channel or become possessed with a spirit who communicates through the human host. This occult encounter, as well as others in the storyline, are specifically targeted for a preteen audience. Pokemon can be a gateway and a simple stepping stone to more overtly occult games like Dungeons and Dragons. I don't have time tonight, and I'm done as we stand all over this house. I don't have time tonight to cover every facet of media. We could talk about music, which is a media information being conveyed in song format. When you get the Holy Ghost, you have to cut away the worldly media. When you receive the Holy Ghost, if you're going to have a holy mind, you can't keep listening to Tupac and Dre and Adele and Beyonce and Jamie Foxx or Metallica or I'm dating myself now. Iron Maiden, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Every genre. Let me hit some that some people don't want to talk about. When you get the Holy Ghost, you got to put your, your haggard country music away. You can't listen to no more of that. No more of that boot scooting boogie and tears in my beers. And she thinks my tractor sexy music.
Why? Because it's a medium and it's delivering information that wants to keep you from being holy. You can't fill your heart and your mind and your spirit full of those things. If you're going to be what God wants you to be and you're going to be holy, you've got to protect your mind. You've got to protect your spirit, what you listen to, what you see, what you participate in. Amen. I know it's only, it's, it's 10 o'clock, but I wonder if we got five minutes tonight to talk to God. Do we got five minutes tonight? Would you step out of your seat? I feel like we ought to take just a moment to lift our hands and lift our voice. Now listen, while you're coming, I want you to hear me. We're going to pray in just a moment. I want you to hear me. We're about to be dismissed. We've got the discipline and commitment to to hang tight tonight you're going to go home and sit down on media all night long and be mad because the preacher didn't let you out till 10 o'clock God forbid God forbid you're going to go home and sit on Instagram for an hour and a half and couldn't sit through an hour and a half of preaching come on God forbid you go this week spend 12 hours on YouTube and couldn't sit for an hour and a half in church service Hearing the word of God, God forbid. God forbid you can go to work for eight hours, but you couldn't be in the house of God because two hours was. I want to give you something tonight. Mom and dad, you had better quit depending on the preacher to take care of your responsibilities of your family. It should not be that if the preacher doesn't preach it, then you can't dig it up out of the Word of God yourself. There are not enough church services in a week or a year to preach every message that could be preached out of that book. You had better have a walk with God where you are studying your Word and getting in that Word and sitting with your children and your family and talking about what the Word of God has to say. Come on, I'm challenging us tonight. We like to quote Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel. Wait, 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 wait. What did that say? Thou shalt. Wait, wait. Teach them how? Wait for the preacher to preach on it? Or else we don't know about it? Who did he command to teach? He commanded parents to teach. And he commanded parents to teach diligently. Come on, you better quit pointing your fingers. Well, if the Sunday school teacher would teach it, and if the youth pastor would say something, and if the, you better get in your word and get on your knees and start getting something for yourself and teach it diligently to your children. If your kids are going to have holiness, don't you dare go home and tell your kids, we can't do this. Why? Because Bishop said. Why can't I wear this on? Because you know, you know our church preaches against it. You are destroying your children. 
You are teaching them to resent the principles of God's word as being nothing more than a rule and a regulation. Mom and dad, when your kids have questions and they struggle, you need to open the word of God and sit down with them and explain to them, honey, this is why. This is not a rule and a regulation. We're trying to please God. God said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And this is why we don't listen to this kind of music. And this is why we don't watch television. This is why we don't go to the movie theater. This is why, son, we don't have have Netflix. This is why we don't play those kind of games. Son, let's pray because if we'll pray, the Holy Ghost will get in our hearts. Son, let's pray. Daughter, let's pray because if you pray, the Holy Ghost will transform the way you think about things. If you'll get in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will transform the way. Come on, mom and dad. I think we ought to lift our hands before we leave this building right now. Uh, and let's pray tonight for a few moments. Come on now. Listen, I, I'll tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's some men in this building that if you will lead, your family will follow. Uh, if there is an absenteeism uh, in the Father, uh, you leave your wife and your children uh, susceptible. Uh, my, Listen to me, Daddy. Uh, don't you dare be a pushover uh, just trying to keep the peace in the house uh, and just trying to make people happy. You are not called uh, to be passive uh, and to appease everybody. Uh, you are called by God. God to lead your family uh, in truth uh, and in righteousness. Uh, you need to pray uh, until you get some courage uh, in the Holy Ghost to stand up. Uh, you need to pray uh, until you get some strength uh, in the Holy Ghost uh, to say you know what honey, uh, you know what babies, uh, we've been doing some things wrong uh, but God's dealing with daddy uh, and we've got to live right before God and there's some things we got to change uh, if we're going to be pleasing to God. There's some things uh, we have to change uh, if we're going to keep our hearts uh, and our minds. Come on, somebody pray uh, in this building tonight. Uh. Come on, somebody pray in this building tonight. Uh. Come on, let's lift our voices. Let's lift our voices tonight. Uh. Come on, for just a few moments here tonight. Uh. For just a few moments here tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I want to be holy. God, I want to be pleasing to you. God, would you wash my heart? Would you wash my mind tonight, God? God, would you strengthen me tonight? God, would you give me wisdom and understanding tonight to walk righteously before you? Come on, there's some people that need to do some repenting tonight. Come on, there's some people that need to do some repenting tonight. God, I've let some things into my life that don't belong there. God, I've let some things into my spirit that don't belong there. I've let some things into my home, God, that I'm laying on the altar tonight. I'm laying it before you tonight, God. Come on, I gotta be right with God. I've got to be what he's called me to be. Come on. Come on in Jesus' name. Come on in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. My thoughts have to be right. 
My heart's got to be right. My spirit's got to be pure. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, come on, come on. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, I long to be like you. Come on, in Jesus' name. Fill me with your In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Love that has no limits. Your love that has no limits. Lord, I long to be like you. Lord, fill me, fill me with your glory. Fill me with your power. Lord, fill me, fill me with your presence. Lord, I long to be like you. Come on, somebody give him praise all over this house.